Welcome into another episode of Ask Knuckles Anything. And in this episode, we have uh, Tim joining us per the fans' request. And we're going to start it off with Tim. Mm. So you play Why, with a bunch of guys. Start with me? It's my segment. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm the, I'm the special guest. <laughs> the, here, you know? Yeah, the special guest. You're the, just the first Filipino to come on to ask the question. <laughs> so go ahead. Tim, you played with a bunch of guys who just won the Stanley Cup in Chicago. What did they bring to the Atlanta Thrashers locker room? Oh, uh, well, just experience. I, I mean, what we, we had Bufflin, Ladd, uh, Sopel, and uh, yeah, just kind of experience at the time. I mean, it when you know we only were there another year and a half, and then we went to Winnipeg. But at that time, yeah, it was pretty cool to at least for me to to kind of be around guys that that just recently won it. So it was um, they were all like good. Good teammates, good veteran guys, and, and like I said, just guys that... Yeah, that, what'd you learn from her? What, what'd you learn from her? <laughs> nothing, because I never played in the playoffs, so... <laughs> they were shitty teammates. <laughs> so, yeah, that was oh. really good. <laughs> Chris, uh, someone said they noticed you fought Ben Wilson three times in preseason games while with Montreal, and then one time during the regular season when Ben had to move to Chicago, and of course no video surfaced of those tilts. Uh, how did those go, and what was your opinion of Ben Wilson as a fighter? Uh, he's a good fighter. He's tough. Um, it's funny. Um, in the doc documentary, The Last Gladiators, Mark Napier talks about that fight with Ben Wilson. So whoever's asking, watch The Last Gladiators, and when you get to Napier, uh, Ben Wilson had him in the corner, and he was giving it to him. And I came in, and um, I and cranked him, one-punched him. And... Um, Napes explains that in the thing. But the one in Chicago, I remember distinctly because uh, I was coming in on the four check and Murray Bannerman was the goaltender. And the defenseman went behind the net and I cut across in front, but I was like at the top of his crease, kind of close to him, but I wasn't going to hit him. I was just angling that defenseman off so I could can put him through the glass in the corner. And... As I'm coming across, just as I'm turning, he stepped out at me, and I, I chopped him right in the chin with my stick and kept going, but I hit him really quick. I'm coming, and boom, I hit. As soon as he stepped out, I got him right in the chin, and you could hear it almost. And then Ben Wilson came after me, and we fought at Center Rice. It was a good fight. I've seen it somewhere, the Ben Wilson, ben Wilson and me in Chicago. I saw that one. Uh, pretty good fight. What's is that a coach? Is he a coach? Ben Wilson, no, no, no like he just he was a he was a maniac, big, big guy. He was like six <laughs> three, six four, big redheaded, you know that redheaded stepchild defenseman. Yeah, yeah but uh, he was tough as nails <laughs> and typical consummate Philadelphia flyer. Okay. Tim, so they said you were awesome with the Chicago Wolves. You were a Chicago kid. There's two baseball teams. Could Chicago support two hockey teams? Uh, I I don't know. That's a good question. I would think they could, but, you know, I mean, hockey is big now in Chicago, especially the youth hockey side of things, and I think it's growing. Um, you know, and I feel like, you know, there's a lot of Hawks fans. So I, I don't know. That, that's a good question. I thought you were going to ask me if I was a Sox or a Cubs fan, and you know, well, what are you? A Sox or yeah, a Cubs yeah, are you a Sox or a Cubs fan? Whoever's winning, you know, like whoever's winning. 
<laughs> I grew up a Sox fan. I mean, I you know, Cubs. I, I don't mind the Cubs. I'm not a big baseball fan where I where I'm over, like super divided. But I, a Sox fan, I grew up. But as far as supporting two, probably I would say they. I think they would be able to, but I don't know. That's a long shot. It probably never will happen. So you're not a baseball fan, huh? You don't yeah, like watching well, guys standing around scratching their balls. No, I mean no. it's you know, I, yeah. I mean that's a good. Like, have you ever been to it? When's the last time you went to a game? Oh. I feel like I, I'll stay for like three innings, and like you know, you're just not. I, I don't know. I, I, it's not that I don't like. I hate baseball. It's just yeah, it's a little slow. How about Wrigley? You've been to Wrigley though, no? Yeah, yeah. yeah Wrigley's awesome, like going right? like I, the difference between Wrigley and then obviously going to a Sox game is like Wrigley. Like you're, it's just like a big party. Like no one's even watching. Everyone's just like walking around and just. It's yeah. nuts. And then so you go to a Sox game, everyone's kind of watching the game. But, no, Wrigley's awesome. Wrigley's, I've been to Fenway, too. Both yeah, Fenway's awesome, awesome right? The Green yeah. Moss. I, oh, yeah. Incredible spot. And, and what, what, how brilliant was that, putting seats on, up top of the monster? Like, you know, for years, oh. they just had a net know, up there. right? Right. Yeah, you know. But um, two teams, and that's interesting, you know. New York, right? You got New York, New Jersey. You got the two teams in New York, Long Island, and 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 the Rangers. Um, when you think of two teams, and when I, when I think the rabid Blackhawks fans, right? I couldn't imagine another team going in there, right? And no, and people yeah. even wanting to go, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. know. That's, that's what I was like. At the start of the question, I was like, yeah, no, no. By the end of it, I'm like, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I think there's like there's like hockey's big in Chicago, but like I've always said, they're like they're Hawks fans. They're not, you know, like if you're at a bar and a Hawks game's on, like when it's over, they're not putting like the Columbus game on, right? Like they're yeah. like it's <laughs> like they're not putting another hockey game on. So they're just they're just looking to see how many people were shot this weekend yeah. in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like Which, last weekend, it was fifty, right? Yahoo. Yeah, we don't, we don't know, we don't. We, actually, we don't really hear about those. <laughs> I feel like there's not many cities that can actually support two professional hockey teams well they're trying like, in toronto, new york LA. like outside of toronto they've been trying one guy was trying to get the team in mississauga and i'm sure the leafs don't want it it's like here montreal uh quebec city is you know two and a half hours from here two two hours and they had a team but and they're trying to get one back and i'm sure they don't want it i mean the habs want to you know they want to have the monopoly on the quebec fan that's for sure you know mm-hmm so Knuckles, who was better in their peak at net, Trediak or Ken Dryden? Ooh, I, I, man, the thing is, one played international hockey all the time, you know, and the other played in the NHL. So it's, I mean, he's one of the best ever in the NHL, Dryden. You can't, I mean, he played ten years. How many Stanley Cups? Five, six, something like that. Like, hello. Um. Two different goaltenders, you know, Dryden stand up, you know, one of the last of the stand. It looks funny when you see him now. Kelly Evan went down. If he went down, he fell, right? Um, the, the style of goaltender now, Patrick Watt came in, started doing the butterfly, and, and then everybody started doing it. And uh, you just don't see those stand up goalies anymore. But Tradiak kind of was a hybrid. He did both, you know, stand up, but he, he also went down. Listen, they're both incredible goaltenders. I can't, honestly, I can't tell you and say, say, oh, Dryden was better than him, Tradiak was better. I, I can't distinguish that. What I will say is anytime I had goaltenders as a coach or as a player, just stop the fucking puck. 
Who is more weird? Because goalies are weird. So who's more weird? <laughs> well, I don't really know. I've met Trey. I've got a couple of things. But Ken Dryden, I wouldn't say he, he's weird. He's very intelligent. He, okay. he, he's a human form of AI. Yeah, well, that was, that was my way of asking who is intelligent. Weird means intelligent. That's what I meant. Okay. <laughs> Dryden. Yeah, okay. Tim, how was Claude Noel as a coach? I loved him. I, I, he was, uh, you know, he was good. I don't know. I always base coaches on, I mean, I think, Nux, you can agree, like, how they treat you. And, and you know, um, I felt like with, with me, you know, he was, he gave me a chance. And, and, you know, he was a little, like, I think he's a very, like, joyous, like, happy kind of, uh, you know, always in a good good mood kind of person, which is great. But, you know, sometimes I think, you know. That's when you're 0-10? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's good. And he wasn't, like, the nice guy, but he was just – it was – I don't know. He was just – he was different. But, like I said, I, I liked him uh, as a coach, as a, you know, a person. He was great. I just remember he uh, – I got sent – or I got put on waivers in training camp, and he um, gave me, like, my exit meeting call, you know? Like, he, like he was just like, hey, you're not a top six guy. Like, you, you'll do well. And, like, like, just really just – like, I thought for sure I was going to St. John's, and, like, I cleared waivers and never – never got sent down and then like shovel day off was like hey just come to practice so like i already had my all my shit packed you know so i like came back to the rink with my bag and i saw claude noel and he's just like oh you're still here and he gave me <laughs> so he's like you're still here but gave me nucks and i was like oh i don't know how like i don't know how to take that but that's the kind of guy he was so so they asked you to practice <clears throat> yeah yeah i mean they basically um so how long did you stay after that like the whole year Oh, you stayed but, the but, whole year. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Right. It's like, I, it was, it was, it was tough because I came in the like they just didn't they need they like the numbers they were like just like yeah just come to practice you know because I was like waiting, you know at the hotel waiting for like my flight like almost just waiting for the information and they're just like you know what just come to practice I was like the extra forward and they had like the four lines up, and not not even like my number below the four lines it was like at the bottom of the board. And I just practiced. I was like Rudy for like the first five days, just you know, <laughs> killing penalties and practice, and and uh, and then we we started off. I think like you know, I was just around for like the first five <coughs> games, and we were like <coughs> one and four or something. And then I got put in, and then just kind of hung around. And then injuries happened. Like they finally gave me that like get your own place letter, like right around like oh, December. So it was you know. How yeah. how did you feel when you? You cleared waivers and no one wanted you. Oh well, when <laughs> and it, I say it, that because I, I, it happened to me. <laughs> at least I thought it did. I, I was like, Whoa. I'll be honest. Like the, when I get when I got told I was getting sent or you know put on waivers, I remember calling my dad and I was like 30 years old. I was crying. Like this was on the drive home because I was just like at that point, you know. I mean, it's hard to explain sometimes that, and, and for people to understand, unless you you've kind of I guess tried to go through it or whatever but like at that point I was like after all of this and I still can't like like I still can't make it like in the year before I played 45 games or something so we got sold to Winnipeg and they fired the whole staff in Atlanta and I mean it's a long story but yeah I was um yeah I was like a loser for getting put on waivers and then like I was even more of a loser for clearing and then when I came to practice and the coach was like you're still here like 
I, you know, but it, I knew a lot of the guys. Everyone was, you know, that was that was probably the thing I had going for me. And did you play when you came back that year? Did you play a bit? You said you were there the whole year, but did you play? I played 63 games. I had 28 points. I'm going to give you all my stats. 11 Uh goals. No, I mean, by Christmas, I was playing 20 minutes a night on the first line. So it was, you know. So there you go. You know, I just, and I remember, you know, I never felt, I was never like a guy that would just like feel sorry and mope around. I mean, it was just. At that point, though, I was like, it did kind of like, was like, man. Yeah, it sucks. sucks. I was put on waivers my my last year in Boston there. And Serge picked me up. But you know what happened? Like, the the cutoff's at 3 o'clock, right? You know, because West Coast and all that. Anyway, it's like one minute of three, and no one picked me up. I'm like, like, my career's over. I'm done. It's over. And uh, Serge, all of a sudden... Someone come running in the room about five past three. I'm like bummed out. I mean, this is it. I mean, I was going to, I was on waivers, but I was still going to be in Boston and I probably would have just sat in the stands the rest of the season if no one picked me up. But Serge waited <clears throat> until the last minute, last 30 seconds to put his claim in because he was worried that if he took me early right away, someone might have stepped in and, you know, somebody in a uh, lower position in the league might have stepped in and taken me. That's all. Yeah, it's weird, right? Like, they're like, we don't want let someone to get you, but we like we want to keep you but not play you. But we also, yeah. like, it's, it's like, what do you just let me go? <laughs> like, and like, not pay you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you, speaking of going back to that Andrew Ladd, or uh, the Hawks question I mentioned, Andrew Ladd, he was our captain. I, uh, You know, what I love about him, he's a friend, obviously, too, but he um, – you know, it was, a, it was at a point in Winnipeg where I was playing, you know, fourth line, but I was running the point on the power play. It was like, it was an awesome role because at the time in the fourth line, like it was kind of changing. Like I didn't have, you know, I didn't have to fight, but there were still like kind of a few guys out there that didn't know like there was a puck out there. So, you know, they like I would go out there and I wouldn't have to fight him. I have to like play hockey. It was almost like they used me on those in those situations to try to score or like create offense. Um, and then I would play the power point on the power play and just feed buff one timers and pick up these second assists. And there was times where I would be playing like consistently. And I remember one time I had like a five game point streak, but they would take me out when someone who they were paying money to like was off the IR or something. And at one time they tried to do that. And he went in there, Andrew Ladd, and was like, he's playing, you know, and they ended up keeping me in the lineup because he went in there. And I thought, I just always had respect for that. I thought it was awesome that he did that. So. He's now, would you team. rather play for Claude Noel or Mike Keenan? <laughs> um, probably Claude Noel. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I would say like because Mike Keenan, it's it's that's a good question because Mike Keenan like knows how to win though too, right? Not saying Claude Noel didn't, but you know, it's it's uh, yeah, it's a good question. But probably Claude Noel just because he was more he was easier on me mentally. <laughs> Mike, so. Mike loves abusing. I people. still like wake up in the middle of my sleep. I'm like Keenan, shit. <laughs> so. Let's go, Chris. Please tell your top three most intense fighting stories, both on and off the ice. Oh God, I got three stories. I'm I'm gonna pick one off the ice. Yeah, yeah, we'll do three, one. Three stories. We'll be here all day. Um, <laughs> I, I I guess the one no one on the ice was O'Reilly in Boston. And I remember my first game, Montreal, Boston. I fought Jonathan, then I fought O'Reilly afterwards. And 
um, I knew he was a lefty, and I said, I'm just going to go. And I, boom, I threw a right, hit him, and he came back and hit me with two lefts before I could fire the next one. And the blood just poured out of my head. I was like, oh. Anyway, fast forward, about four years later, we're in Boston, and Pete Peters was giving me the stick in front of the net. He did it a couple times, and I, I, I went up to him. I said, one more time. I said, I'm going to take your head off. And we win the face off. I go to the net. He give me the stick right between the legs. And we turned the puck over, and Boston started going down our end of the rink. And I start back checking. I get to the blue line. I thought, wait a minute. I said I was going to do something about it. I'm going to do something about it. I turn around. Boston now is five against four going up our end of the rink. I turned right around, and I went up to Pete Peters, and I skated up to him, and he just stood there, and I went, boom, and I cross-checked him right in the, <laughs> in the cage. And down he went like he was dying. So all of a sudden, everybody heard it. You could hear the crowd react. And all of a sudden, the whistles blew and play stopped. And O'Reilly came, and he come flying down the rink after me. And I was just standing there waiting. I was in the corner. I had my back to the wall, and he's coming. And Kevin Collins, the linesman, like always, instead of just staying the fuck out of the way, trying to get in and stop him from coming. And he's coming. He's coming. I just, boom, I hit him with one punch, and boom, ah, down he went. And I cut him open here pretty bad and I'm, I'm telling you for two weeks I I mean we played the next two nights later in Philadelphia and I fought Dave Brown I, I couldn't even hold my stick but it, it was I, I'm telling you it was like for me probably it was a little bit of uh, payback for that that first time I fought O'Reilly who I absolutely loved as a player growing up you know uh, I absolutely love them. But that was all Pete Peters' fault. And it's funny, I talked to O'Reilly years later, <clears throat> and he said, oh, I really walked into that one. He said, <laughs> I, he said I gave Pete Peters shit about that in the room because he told him, you know, he said, when they were on the ice, he said, leave him alone, don't wake him up, blah, 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 leave him alone. And he went ahead and took it on his, his own to fucking keep it going, and O'Reilly was pissed at him. You know, I hated guys like that who took advantage of guys like O'Reilly. You know, they wanted to be fucking tough guys because they know he'd be there to stick up for them. But Pete Peters, you know, oh, well. My first NHL goal, I scored on Pete. And I, I got nothing against Pete. Not, not a bad guy. But, you know, in hockey, I do. <laughs> anyway. Tim, what, Tim, what's your favorite memory in both Winnipeg on and off the ice? Oh. Off the ice, there was a every Monday it was called Booty Shake Mondays, and I used to go. <laughs> and I'm being serious, I used to go like be a judge and, and pick like the, it was like a booty shake contest. No, anyways, when so people you were, people you in Winnipeg were, you were grading assholes, <laughs> not like, holes, not holes. That, oh, just, okay, just asses. Okay, yeah, just, just, I didn't get that deep. Um, <laughs> um, no, no, I'm kidding. Uh, there, Winnipeg was. I, Sorry, the question was on the ice, off the ice. On the ice, yeah. Obviously, just like the fans playing in front of that crowd. I think you know. I don't think many teams liked coming into Winnipeg, so you know it was fun to play um, and being on the home side of that that uh, that crowd. Um, we were that we were there the first year when we were kind of like, 
you know, the joke was like we were lovable losers kind of. We almost made playoffs, but, like, they were just happy we were back. Now I, I hear, like, you know, they're, like, losing. They get in, like, fights and shit. You know what I mean? They can't go outside. <laughs> like, the fans get pissed off. But when I was there, um, yeah, it was just the fans were just – they're so passionate there. It's awesome. Canadian um, market, right, Tim? Exactly. It's, Canadian market. It's like you, like, know, like you know when you're in Canada because the crowd reacts to, like, the actual game in a play – if someone's open, they know it, you know. It's not like I always say the joke in Chicago is everyone's just like, shoot! <laughs> you're, like, I, you're setting up for, like, a controlled breakout. You're like, shut up. Like, what are you doing? Um, but <laughs> but I get shit from that all the time with my buddies. They're like, dude, why do you always rip Chicago fans? I'm like, I'm just, you know, I'm just kidding. But anyways, off the ice, no, it was just kind of, um, it's a little city that gets a lot of, uh, Gets a lot of heat from you know visiting teams, but it's it, it's a fun, it's a good city. There's listen, everybody who I talked to that played there loved it. Now it, it I know is, they yeah. had close teams, right? Because in the winter there, right? It's tough winter, and guys oh, yeah, kind of like they, running to your car, like it's that yeah, cold. right. <laughs> you're like mad. It's so cold. <laughs> you're like just in the car. You start your car just waiting for the heat to come on, but you're just like fucking mad. That's how cold. That's how cold it gets. But. Uh, yeah, sorry. What were you saying, Nux? Yeah, like no, they were just. It was just a small city that you know. You kind of became like, you, if you're playing, if you're a Winnipeg Jet in Winnipeg, it's just kind of like you're all like you're just part of the city. You're like Elvis. Yeah, yeah. It's just fun, you know. So yeah, on off the ice, I like being the man, and on the ice, I liked you know, <laughs> running the power play. <laughs> it's not the booty shake Mondays. No booty, booty shake, shake Mondays was you know that was. That was part of it, you know. I don't even think they have that anymore. But they did, honestly, they had it. Oh, I'm sure they do. At the Palomino, it was called it. It would just, it was hilarious. It's just like, just this ass shaking contest. And I'd be like, number four. (laughs) Like, who am I? What am I doing? Any Palominos? I was just on waivers. Now I'm judging ass shaking contests. Oh, states. Chris, what was the game like in the ECAC when you played? Yeah, you know, two lines. You had the red line, and you know, it, it was it was good hockey. You know, and, and for me, honestly, I played that year at prep school. It was big to get ready for um, playing college hockey because, you know, as a prep school, we played all JV uh, teams of either Division One or Division Two uh, colleges. So it was pretty good. The competition was really good, so it prepared me for that. But, you know, it took me a, a bit to get adjusted. But um, still, you know, again, not maybe as fast as the game is today, but it was still a, a good, you know, good quality hockey, DCAC. If you love your pet like I love my St. Bernard Adele, you'll want to feed them a balanced, biologically appropriate raw diet. The reason I've chosen Formula Raw is because all blends of their food are locally sourced and they consist of exclusively human-grade meat and organs, as well as fruits and vegetables. And all products used are hormone and antibiotic-free. So like I said, if you love your pet like I love Adele, you'll choose Formula Raw. Make sure you go to FormulaRaw.com and use the promo code RAWNUX at checkout to receive 10% off your first order. That's Raw Nux. R A W K N U X. Tim, what's the best and the worst thing about playing in Russia? Um, Borsh. The, yeah, the best thing was money. 
No. No. It, it, I, Russian the, the, gas. Yeah, yeah. Money. Russian gas, what? money, things that, you know, matter in life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, when I was in Russia, it was, like, money, Russian gas, and then family. You know, like, that was for my three parts. <laughs> um, no. I, honestly, like, I did, I, as much as I you know tell stories or joke around i i loved russia like that now that you know when it's i'm glad i got to do it i think the hardest part was um traveling i mean we would go on like nine hour flights to play like a game on wednesday yeah. and they would they had their whole like i re, and i'm not kidding you can ask this uh one of the import you could ask chris bork i think was on the team but i the one game i was so jet lagged <laughs> And I was literally walking out for warm-ups with my jersey backwards, just in Stapleton. I swear to God, my, one, of the, one of the imports was like Staples. Uh, and I went in, and I was like, I, I was like so nervous. I was like, I can't pull. I mean, it was just, you know, they didn't, I was just like, I couldn't, I was like delirious. And like, I was, I went into the trainer's office. I'm like, I don't know if I could play. And all he said was like, injection? <laughs> it's like injection. It's like the only English he knew. And I'm like, no, I don't want an injection. But yeah, it was, uh, that, that was tough. You would go on like these long flights to play games and stuff. But um, overall, the experience, uh, you know, I wish I, you know, if I did it all over again, I wish I was probably a little bit less mentally negative, I guess. Um, and I mean that in a, in a playful way. I wasn't like super negative, but I was, you know, I was American coming from the NHL, like in Russia, being like, what the fuck is going on here? But eventually you got to be like, hey, I'm in Russia and, you know, I'm on their terms. And, and you know, by the end of it, I, yeah, I, I respect that. Yeah. They wanted to inject you with methamphetamine and wake <laughs> yeah, you up. Yeah. But, you know, Russia, speaking of Russia, I, I, I'm so glad I had the opportunity to go there and see it. I loved Red Square. I yeah. loved St. Petersburg. It was awesome to see the Hermitage. Uh, Red Square architecturally is out of this world, um, and and I had the culture shock when I went. You know, you you had time to adjust to that because you were there for so long. I was there, I think, the first time ten days, and man, it, I I couldn't not couldn't wait to go home, but like. Yeah, I was happy. Well, I, was I was there like the four years, and like yeah, by the third year, I couldn't wait to go home. So don't yeah. don't worry. <laughs> Ten yeah, days yeah, or yeah. three years, I I always say like, they kind of get a bad. Uh, I guess um, you know, like Russians having no emotions. You know, like they're yeah. kind of just and like I under I respected it after a while because like in the U.S., it's for example, you'd be like in an ele elevator in the U.S. and you see you know random person you're like hey nice weather huh and then the hey guy, how you doing the guy walks away and you're like nice jeans loser like he's, <laughs> like nice shoes there they're just like they don't talk at all they just they're just, nothing they're, they're not fake they just like to you know they worry about what they got to do and you know like they do things a little bit backwards you know you like if you're in an elevator at a hotel and you come down to a lobby and it opens like the people on the outside don't wait for you to get out of the elevator they you just budge like, in yeah you're like by the you Run know by my third year i would be like just elbowing 70 year old russian ladies like i didn't give a shit i was just like you know well, you, just didn't, <laughs> you just didn't care you know but yeah right. it's just stuff like that and but but over time i was just like i i loved it they just people just worried about what they had to do and um yeah i, I like russians Chris, would Max Pacioretty be interested in return under a minimum salary plus bonuses contract? And should the Habs consider making such an offer? Geez, I don't know. No, I wouldn't. Not in the direction the Habs are going. Um, I think Max would come back, maybe. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, you'd have to ask Max. But I don't know if it'd be uh, one that 
I'd entertain considering um, the direction the team's going, the rebuild, and they got to keep moving forward, bringing young, hungry, large men uh, into this organization. And I say that because, again, I, I saw it. You look at who's standing at the end of these teams, and I know Florida, they got a smaller fourth line, but they're pesky. They're, they're you know, they're on it. They're involved. They play physical. But you look at overall, like Vegas, big rumbling team. They got some big bodies out there. The guys who are standing at, yeah, you have to have talent. But usually the team standing at the end got talent and it has size. You know, and for years here, yeah, the Habs have been a small team, especially up the middle. And you, you can't be. You know, they had Jonta, uh, uh, who was the other guy? Uh, Scott Gomez. Yeah, they had these small center icemen for years. David Dayane. Like, they were teeny. What's wrong with small guys? Well, you can have them. <laughs> no, you can have them, Tim, as long as you insulate them. You no, know? I, and, but I you agree. have too many. Like Caulfield? Yeah. Yeah, he's a, a small winger. But he can score goals, so you can have him, but insulate him. You know, he's going to have to be insulated. And having those bigger players around him is going to certainly help him and help the team. I mean, look at but, Florida. You're hearing about, like, Gudis a lot now. Like, right? Yeah. Like, he's a big factor. Kachuk's not a, you know, he's a hard, like, he's yeah. not just a skilled player. He, like, he's a rat. Like, I mean, you're yeah. right. I mean, you, you know, none of these teams that are, that make it usually go, they usually have that, right? Yeah. Like, they have, like, that old school kind of build, um, but... Yeah. So, anyways, I'm not picking on little guys. You insecure little prick. No, no, I'm not. Yeah, you know, I'm not. You know, <laughs> I'm not. No offense. No offense taken. Tim, what rink size do you prefer, the North American or international? Oh, the big rink. Yeah, yeah. Like less hitting. <laughs> uh, no, I honestly, yeah, I don't know. The North, I, I don't, I like the North American rink. Um. I, I think I played better on the North, even though I would say the the international just because like I could use my speed more and you have more time, but like it's almost like too much time, you know. There was a lot, especially Russia. They were they were so good. Like that's why they're so good. Like one on one, like because they could just like hang on to the puck and, you know, like my linemate would do like seventy five spinoramas with the puck in the corner, and I would just be like going back door 75 You'd be opening times. a pack of cigarettes yeah, waiting for the Yeah, and then I'd get to the bench, you'd be like, Tim, you, were you open? I was like, yeah, the ninth time I was open when I went back door, when you did your ninth spinorama. Like, we were, we'd have puck possession for like two minutes, but it'd be one guy. We'd have, we'd have the puck. But, oh. uh, and I just, I think North America, especially at the NHL level, it's just, it's almost easier. Like, it just, the puck does the work. You know, I think in, yeah. in I know in sometimes in, um, over in Europe and some of the teams I played on, we did man-on-man defense. It was crazy. So, like, if yeah. you just, like, lost a guy off the hash marks, he was just, like, everyone would just back away, and he, this guy would have, like, a breakaway. So it was just – it was different different style. But as far as, like, the rink, yeah, probably international just because, you know, I'd hang on. You know, it probably suits my, my game more for sure. Yeah, give me that little matchbox any day. Yeah. Boston Garden was so small. Like yeah, you would ranks. love. I mean, right? Like you, you know, it, it's good that the league finally said every rink has to be the same size because they had a definite advantage at home. You know, they built their team around that small rink. They'd scare the shit out of everybody. They had, you know, all the knuckle draggers and I being one. You had to counter that somehow. But Philly small rink, uh, the Boston guy was 
teeny god yeah yeah no room in the neutral zone at all it's like that's the word like that i'll be honest like games like that for me i would be like invisible like it was yeah. so hard, especially like you know what I mean, like like where you're saying in the atmosphere, like everything's closed in on you. Not if I was riding shotgun with you, buddy. No, no, no. If that, then I would be the guy you were just talking about, where I would just take advantage, <laughs> jabbing everybody, start talking coming shit. in. Yeah. What are you gonna yes. do? What are you gonna Go, do? What are you gonna do? <laughs> fuck with Nile. Go ahead. Fuck with Nile. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had a center Iceman, Guy Cobbino, Hall of Famer, but Cobb, I used to tell him, Cobb, do whatever you want out here. I don't care. You know, I'll be there for you, whatever, and. Honestly, he he was not a guy. He, he'd yap at guys here and there, but he never really took advantage of that on me. You know what I mean? Like maybe some guys would. He never did, which is good. But I always told him, do what you want, you know. Tell I him. used to talk shit on the bench to, like, the <laughs> toughest guy, and when he turned around, I'd tie my skates. <laughs> so he'd be, like, looking, and I'd be, like, down tying my skates, and I'd be like, you know, guys. But it's just joking. I never really actually talked shit. I wasn't that guy, but... Funny. Oh. Speaking of Guy Carboneau, someone said they met him at a softball tournament and he appeared a little bit arrogant and aloof when compared to you that you were m- much more approachable and willing to engage with fans. Was their perception off the mark or accurate? Um, it, it, accurate. Not, I'm not saying it in a bad way. Cobb is um, really quiet, very reserved, and a lot of people, we used to call him Cocky Cabo because, you know, he... <laughs> walk around with this he has his air about him but Cabo's a good guy you sit down and talk with him I it's just I guess he's not as approachable as some people are I like I am I you know I talk to everybody and not that Cobb comes across like that I can certainly see what this gentleman is saying asking this question but uh, like I said he's not a bad guy he just he's different that way Tim, this person says they always love hearing uh, stories of playing for Vladimir Kirkinov and Russian Gas. They said they're not sure if that was his name. Do you have any stories about him? Who's this? Who's this person? Kirkinov. Uh, trying to. This person is trying yeah. to get me. I got to go into witness protection after. This. <laughs> um, so thank you, this person. Uh, Kirkinov. Yeah. I just heard his name and I forgot the question. That's how much he, he well, like he, I had him as a coach. Did you like him as much as Claude? No, LaRose? no, no, okay. no. This guy uh, was Noel. like, this Claude guy Noel. was like, uh, this guy was like keen and on steroids. He was like, he wasn't, here's the thing. I, he, I, he didn't know English and like, he would just do like old school Russian. Like the first day of practice, he would just, you know, like it was the night before a game. He would just be like, at the end of practice, he's like, all right, 50 laps. Like, he just made us skate around 50 times. Where it's no just way. Like, swear really? to God. Yeah, or we would do, like, these tire pulls. He had us running twice a week in the woods, like, late at night. We used to run 10 miles, and and it was just shit that just didn't, like... The guy would, like, do a two-on-one drill in practice and, like, didn't, like, watch it. He would just have a stopwatch. Yeah. And he was like, all right, this drill we're doing for 25 minutes. And it was just like, he'd be like talking to the, like, it was crazy. It was just like old school Russian. Um, you know, I didn't really know that he Boot was. Camp. A, I didn't know he was like a legend. So, like, when I did that spit and chiclets thing, I got like my agent in Russia called me. He was like, uh, Russian, he's like, Russian media, you, you not liked in Russian social media. And I was like, oh, really? Why? And he's like, because you just 
uh, trashed one of the most famous coaches. First off, I don't even think his name. You said Vladimir. I think I called him Igor on the show. On spin- <laughs> so that'd be like so that'd be like a Russian being like, "Yeah, that coach uh, Bob Babcock or something." <laughs> you know, like just sort of like just some like you know what I mean, like Steve Bowman or something. Just saying he's the worst coach ever. So these Russians are like, "Who's Who's Igor Krikinov?" And then they realized who I was talking about, and they're like, "This guy coached like Datsuk and all the all the guys." But for me. Yeah, I mean the funny thing is that guy probably doesn't even remember who I am, but yeah, no, he was he was definitely, uh, you know, I, I I traded, so and usually I'm not a bad guy, so I was trying to get out of there, but he was nuts. Is, is, I guess I could have said he was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Knuckles, why didn't the Bruins take interest in you before the Habs? Oh, I honestly, I, I, it's tough to answer. I mean. It's funny that the Bruins back then, they always liked to have local people in the lineup, like Millberry, right, Bobby Miller. They always looked for that local kid. I, I was playing at Northeastern. Rod Langway was playing up in University of New Hampshire, and we both end up with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, I would have been certainly the consummate Boston Bruin if I started my career there, but, um, you know, it didn't work out that way. I am, um, Yeah. Maybe um, they were looking for... Um, different type of player back in the day. Maybe they never even knew about me at Northeastern. I have no idea. I know one thing. Uh, I ended up uh, in Montreal, and I'm glad I did because I probably would have never won a cup, right? So, At the time you were getting drafted, did you ever, did you ever think about that? Like you just got drafted by the I Canadians? Went, Why didn't I, the was, I, was never, I was never drafted. Oh, you were asking Nux. Okay, yeah, sorry. Uh, I thought you were asking me. Yeah, I... When the draft, I didn't even know anything. I I didn't know about the draft. I didn't even, you know, it was 1978. I know the draft was coming, but I didn't even pay attention to it. I found out through a sports report, you know, and then two weeks later I got a letter from the Canadians. Back then, guys didn't go to the draft. It was just all the GMs. They'd go to Montreal, Queen Elizabeth Hotel, and they'd do the draft. There was no hardly any media, anything. So I found out. Uh, I was in a bar, a college bar called the Caskin Flagon, and somebody came up to me and said, hey, we just saw you get drafted by the Montreal Canadiens. What, what if you didn't get drafted? What was your plan? Were you uh, I think I would have ended up in the military, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, you were like, I was go- no hockey? Like- yeah, well, what was I going to do? Back then it was like, you know, if college is over, right? And I wasn't drafted. Where would I play hockey? What would I do? Right. Back what do you then? do? Like just go yeah. To like a, what do you do? Go to a training camp, like you know, a you, yeah. It's not. You have to be invited, so yeah. it's not like you had any wow. choice in the matter. And you know, I was studying studying criminal justice, and I thought of being a lawyer, and I knew I could have been a good one, uh, but I I didn't pursue that because of the hockey. But honestly, I I look now and I wonder if I I love. Um, military stuff. I love military history. Like I, I would have, and I often think what it would have been like back then if I tried to have been a Navy SEAL, because I, I, I have so much respect for those guys and what they do and how difficult it is to become one. My niece is married to one. I know him. he's a hockey player. He's a great kid, and he's been in there eleven years now. And I, I just. But I, I, and it's funny, I talked to Jamie about it. She think I could have made SEAL training and become a SEAL, and she thinks I could. I think I could have, except for maybe one thing. 
so I, I, I don't know if I'd be able to qualify. I'm claustrophobic. And, you know, they got to get in them mini subs. Like, and they get in them and they go on, like, you're in the thing for 10 hours. Not like, you know, yeah, five you never minutes. Had to, you never had to probably try to overcome that. You know, yeah. you're seeing yeah. like someone that you try to yeah. overcome something, you'll, you will. But I, yeah, so I often wonder if I could, oh, right? Oof. I, I'm claustrophobic too. I'm just, yeah, I would be I, like, in, when I was a kid, if like in sports, like a, you know, you know, they do the like the pile up after you get game winning, oh, goal, yeah. like on the goal, I would, be on, I would be on the bottom like crying, <laughs> like <"Just> stop! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the worst. Uh, so uh, Tim, which of the uh, former players that you've met co-hosting Raw Knuckles and also playing the NHL have been the most impressive to you? Ah. Uh, Honestly, one of my favorite guests, I guess, even though I'm, it's not a former player, I love that uh, Liam McGuire, is that his name? I love mm-hmm. Liam. I loved yeah. it. Like, I just love stuff like that where someone, you realize, like, how much time someone put into the, their craft and, like, yeah, him being Stat Sundin, you know, like, just knowing everything <laughs> about hockey. Um, obviously, it might come off to people as, like, more of a joking thing, but it's just like, man, I, th- I thought I was blown away by that. But as far as players – like Jock Lemaire, like I had no idea he had nine Stanley Cups, you know, like, right. I, you know, I mean, there's a, there's kind of too many, I think. A, a lot of guests we've had are, are guys that like I grew up watching and it's just kind of a, sometimes it's a little surreal to be like, well, I'm interviewing this guy, but Don Cherry was awesome. Right. You know? I love the way he like, came he, in he with the suit. Like, yeah, I mean, you, if you go back, at least in my lifetime, you, there were never you could put that on a multiple choice question of like what I might do in life, and these would not be on there. Like interview Don Cherry, like that, that would be like, you know, I, I just so yeah. I mean, there's probably uh, a, a few few more, but overall, um, yeah, some of guys like that, like Lemire, Don Cherry, the guys that are like iconic in the game. So it's been fun to do those guys for sure. Nux, I interviewed Nux. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, Chris. You are my, that, that's my number one, but, you know, I just yeah. didn't want to. So. Chris, where does the part of the intro that says he's a madman come from? He's a madman. Bring him on. Oh, oh you, you free? were like fighting. I was, uh, I was Samantha. coaching. No, oh. I was coaching in the East Coast Hockey League. And I was contesting a penalty. <laughs> we had a great hockey game. It was a 1-1 game. And the guy come through the crease and hit our goalie, knocked him off balance. He fell, they scored a goal. I just so I that... asked the ref, can you give me an explanation? I wanted to talk to him. He, eh. I was like, eh. So he gave me the, see you later. He didn't, he didn't even come to the bench. I mean, what? How? Anyway. He just ignored me, ignored me, and I just took every fucking stick off the bench and threw it out in the ice. I emptied the rack. I started grabbing them from players <laughs> sitting on the bench. It, you can go and find it. on. It's somewhere on the internet. I, I haven't so seen it. The, Somebody like, put it out. It had nothing to do with, like, the 300 fights. It, just, it came no. from a co- coaching. No, exactly. I <laughs> threw amazing. every stick out in the ice, and that guy was up in the box saying, <laughs> He's a madman. He's a madman. Throw him like all I'm, out. Nylon, you're like, I'm not even mad. You're like, I'm not even mad. <laughs> I'm just having fun. Yeah, guys. I'm just blowing I'm, a little steam I'm, I'm upset. <laughs> yeah, so that's where that came from. It had nothing to do with a fight. Nylon going ballistic. I love it. He's going to hit his own players. He's a madman. He's a freaking madman. 
and look at him going to town. That'll be a suspension. That'll be a fine. Nyland getting every stick. There go the rest of them. Bring them all out, Nyland, you freak. Wow. Fucking referees. So, Tim, you were born in Illinois. You traveled all over the world as a hockey player. Where do you live now, and then how did you, why did you choose this particular city? I live in Long Beach, Indiana, which is like on the – it's pretty much if you – anyone that is in the Midwest, you drive from Chicago to Detroit, you kind of hit a, like a kind of an area where it goes like Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, all within like 30 miles. Like I'm on the border of Michigan and Indiana – I live on I live in Central Time and my kids go to school in Eastern. I'm not kidding you. Like I'm I'm late a lot. This is what I'm saying. But but it's it's really it confuses the shit out of me. I've been here for like seven years and I'm always just like, what time is it? Um, but uh, it's right on Lake Michigan here and and it's not. It's only 60 miles from Chicago. I ended up here when I was in Russia. I just kind of at the time, um, you know, I was just kind of like only going home two three months a year and I kind of wanted to when you live in the city I, I love the golf but like when you live in chicago you have to like golf around traffic and it was kind of just you know i like to fish um and that's kind of i love things. to fish i know and i i do too i just don't i don't know what i'm doing i had this boat i had this fishing <laughs> boat for like two years cause i used to live like in this marina with uh with a it had like a uh a boat slip attached to like my apartment i had this fishing boat and i used to I swear to God, I took this thing out down this little river by my house for like three years and like never even got like a bite. And like, <laughs> like I would, it got to a point where like you could see me coming like at, like as I came in the marina, you'd see me slowly coming around like this turn. And then like <laughs> my wife would always be sitting out there like, you catch anything? Wait. You know, she's like, you know, every, finally I'd be turning the corner. I'd be like, shut the fuck up. Like, I didn't catch shit. Like I'd be yelling at her. People were like, what's this guy yelling at? I was like, I just didn't know what I was doing, you know, but. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a place that, uh, it's kind of a summer, summer place, but now a lot of Illinois people live out here just cause you know, with, with everything that's been going on in the last few years and the coronavirus and all that, everyone's kind of gotten out of Chicago, but yeah, no, it's how I ended up here just from, uh, coming home in the summers in Russia. Chris, when did you start feeling comfortable doing interviews, especially since the Habs are the lifeblood of Montreal? I mean, you know, here you always they had so many press back in the day. It was like crazy, and it still is here. But um, yeah, you had to, you know, you had to get comfortable quick doing it. And sometimes, you know, media and and players have this adversarial uh, relationship. You know, I remember when. We, you know, guys would write negative shit and guys would be like, oh, those guys never going to fucking help us. They've got nothing to do with us. Don't even pay attention to them. That's all you'd hear, you know. And there were certainly guys that are really fair in the media, and most of them are, but you get them few assholes that, you know, um, that you don't like. And they, they're controversial, put it that way. They don't always... Uh, write or report with with uh the best interest in mind if you put it that way but i i got comfortable listen you know i know when i go into boston they'd always want to talk to me because i'm a boston kid and i fought and all that shit philly too a little bit um so yeah i just got comfortable with it people ask questions i give them my answer and i was always you know up front and tell it like it is you know 
Tim, do Russian girls go for Americans? Ooh. Yeah, man. Ooh. Like, for sure. I mean, I wouldn't know, but... No. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wouldn't know. I just, you know, would I would assume. Um, yeah, yeah. No, they do. I mean, there's Russian women are are beautiful, and but you know, I don't know. I mean, they. I think they. I think maybe once you know, if you went out there, you'd maybe experience like finding, you know, a woman that might be trying to get out of Russia. <laughs> so, so you could be anything, and and they'd be interested. But um, yeah, no, I yeah, I know. I actually. Dylan Reese, our producer's son, uh, mm-hmm. is married to a Russian um, woman, so clearly yep. they, they like Americans. So the next of these questions are for the both of you guys. They don't the like Beat- Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Full of shit, Tim. <laughs> Do you I was guys there to prefer- play hockey. I was there they to play hate hockey. Americans. I played hockey, and that was the only reason I was there, and that's why I was there. Anyways. They like American dollar, not ruble. Rubles. <laughs> Do you guys prefer the Beatles or the Stones? Beatles. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. I like I, the Beatles. I seen the Stones in concert. I saw them like in 1995 when they were like 70 years old. I saw them. They were good. They were still good then. Um, no, I, I uh, probably the Stones for me. Just you know, but I like the Beatles. It's hard when it's hard when you listen to a band and you know like a th- ton of the songs. Like that's always. A, you know, I was a big Tom Petty fan, and like I don't know. I, I, I don't bring so. the others into it. All you right? guys don't want to know more about what else Stones. I love. Italian food's my favorite. <laughs> like, what else you guys want to know? I drive a truck. All right, anyways. The yeah, Beatles. Stones. You're like just I, Stones, dude. Just answer the question. When I was, when I was six, I'm the Beatles were big, right? And obviously huge at that time, crazy, and still are, but. I remember going to a movie. They put out a movie called Help. Help, I need somebody. Help. Anyway, I went to the movie when I was like six years old. I was like, it was like crazy, Beatlemania. So I had Beatle brain as a kid, you know, like most kids did. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, Beatles. I changed my answer. (laughs) (laughs) Traditional or creamy coleslaw? Who's that to? Because I don't like either. But. Both of you guys. That was one of the most random questions that we've ever gotten, I think. Okay, here's the deal. Neither. The yeah, same as Tim. I'm not a big uh, coleslaw. Coleslaw, you can have it. Have you guys ever been starstruck? Yeah, and when I look in the mirror, I'm fucking starstruck. <laughs> um, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, not... I have. Yeah, go ahead. Because I, mean, I know I, I... Obviously, I have. I'm just trying to think. I'll give you time to think, then. Yeah, let me I was starstruck when I met Bobby Orr the first time. Oh. I was uh, in Boston walking up to the State House, and Bobby Orr had a friend that was a treasurer of the state of Massachusetts at the time, Bob Crane. And I worked for Bob Crane, and I was heading up uh, Beacon Hill, heading to the office. It was when I was in college, and bo- I bumped into Bobby Orr, and he saw me and he said hey chris how you doing and he grabbed my arm he said take it easy on the weight you're getting you know and i had i had just been drafted by the habs and uh you know it was just so cool i was like i didn't know what to say you know i am your biggest fan bro yeah yeah no you that's know, a, I, yeah, I was no. starstruck 
For sure. I, I was playing for the Wolves. Now I, I got in. Um, we were in Grand Rapids, and Steve Eiserman was was there. And I'm a huge. I grew up a big Red Wings fan, and so I, after the game, you know, I was my hair was still like wet. I was just like showered. I ran. The bus was like everyone's on the bus waiting for me, and here I am like, you got to <laughs> sign my stick. And he was even like, didn't you? Just How old were you? I was like, oh, this was last summer. I was like, no. I was <laughs> Uh, I was playing with the Wolves. I was I was in the okay. AHL. Like the guy, he was okay. clearly like was like, didn't you just play? He was kind of confused, but I was just a huge fan, and I I had him sign my stick. So that was definitely a starstruck moment. How about like a, any Hollywood people, uh, stars like um, you know all the guys Shelly hangs with? Yeah, I went to a Kid Rock concert with Shelly once one summer, and um, we hung out for a long time, pretty much all day with Ray Liotta. He passed away recently. Oh, Ray yeah. And, and uh, I was a huge, I'm a huge fan. You know, I love Goodfellas. And, I mean, he laughs. Yeah, he was ident- awesome. He laughs identical to, like, he, his character <laughs> in Goodfellas. Hey, like, I, love I him. saw him. I was at Gold's Gym in uh, L.A., okay? Um, in, no, Santa Monica. Sorry. And I was working out. It's when I went to rehab the first time. And Ray Liotta was in there. On one of them sit-down bikes, and he had the newspaper, and he's just pedaling, reading the newspaper. I'm telling you, I was like, like I wasn't starstruck, he, no, but I'm like, he was exactly like I thought he'd be. Exactly, exactly, like, exactly. You know? And that's the thing. That's why what I loved about well, him is like when I met him, he was, you know, I wasn't trying to be like I'm not, you know. And he was like really engaging, like asking me like, "Hey, you work out?" Like he was like kind of like like drilling me about like my my uh fitness like are you yeah. in shape much as shape as chelly i'm like no one is <laughs> like, <what's that? laughs> you know but he what i like i just liked him because i've met a few other i feel like actors in general are just you know nerds with money acting yeah they're nerds yeah. with money so now yeah. they're all popular they don't know how to act all of a sudden they're like an awkward <laughs> around you right like and so he was so someone, true right like but he was someone that uh just was a normal dude and he was just you know I, yeah he was awesome so there's a starstruck. I mean, he's probably saying that he, he's probably telling his friends like he was, star, you know, he was starstruck, right? Like, <laughs> I met Tim, the yeah. kid who played in Russia. Some guy, Tim, some Chinese guy that said he played. Some in the Russian NHL. gas guy. Some, the some, Russian. some some Japanese kid that said he played in the <laughs> NHL. I don't know his last name. His name's Tim. <laughs> oh. um, anyway. So how does money on the board work in the dressing room? And do you guys have any good stories about it? Money on the board is, you know, all right, I was in, traded to the Rangers. First time we played the Habs, I got to throw up the money on the board for the game winner. That's all. You throw it up, whoever gets the game winner gets it. If you lose, the money goes back in your pocket. Yeah, the miners was hilarious with that because it would be like money on the board. So guys would just be like, you know, anyone's parents in town <laughs> you know like just i remember i'd be driving to the rink with like jason Krog or somebody on our team and i would just be like yeah i got this you know whatever i got girls coming in from la you know and uh, don't tell anyone you know and oh yeah da, da, da. and then like five minutes before we're getting our skates on he'd be like anyone fly anyone in from la maybe so <laughs> you know like just to, and I'd be like, you know, money on the boob, you know, and everyone's like, ooh, you know, and we'd throw money on the board for just the dumbest things. But yeah, no, it was more of just kind of getting, uh, it was kind of getting the team, like, a, you know, giving a team the reason to win and then you use it for a party and at the end, whatever you want to do. It's kind of more of a locker room thing, but it's, uh, yeah, 
I always put money up on the board when I knew we were going to lose, you know. I was one of those guys. <laughs> so, oh. anyway. so do you think part of the problem with so, with so many concussions is the equipment, specifically the football-style shoulder pads? Mm, not so much. I, I think it's more the speed and, um, yeah, the speed of the game. You know, yeah, I, certainly I the equipment can help, but I, I don't think that's the main reason. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I would agree. I, I think. I mean, they even say like it's not like so much like someone getting hit into the boards. It's like collisions at center ice. Yeah. You know, and you're, you're you know, um, but yeah, definitely the speed. Uh, I don't know. You know, I was I didn't really throw a hit in my career, so I'm not really familiar <laughs> with all this physical talk. Who do you guys have the Habs taking with the fifth pick in the upcoming draft? Yeah. I, I'm I'm thinking I I like to I I don't that know if Michoff, I can name five people that Russian the Russian Michov I think mm-hmm. that's what did, I've been seeing a lot of too. Did you did you him. see the shit that kid does with the puck? There there was a video of how he. He flips it up. He goes behind the net, flips it up over, and comes around and bats it in every time. And then he does the Michigan or the, it's so you know, crazy the Moscow, like, whatever you want to call like it. Like this Bedard. I know he's the real deal and stuff, but it's like how can you get, like, I, I figured McDavid was like, the, you can't get better than him, can you? Right. <laughs> like, you know, but they just keep getting better and, and more skilled. And So who you yeah. got at five? Tim, some that Canadian kid. <laughs> I fucking have no idea. I gotta like I don't know. I couldn't name five kids. Um, I gotta <laughs> yeah. Uh, whoever, someone after Bedard's gonna get picked. Google it. <laughs> yeah. So this is oh. the final question. What are your guys' Ooh. Stanley Cup Finals predictions? Ooh, ooh. You're going first this time. I'm gonna go Florida. Just because I'm kind of like, actually, that's who I want to win. Uh, my a- my agent's there, or the GM, my old agent. Um, but I just like Florida. I like, I don't know. But I don't know, like, the whole, like, rest thing. I know that shit, like, always is talked about. But maybe Vegas, I could see coming out and pull, you know, pulling out a win or two right away. But I think Florida in the long, in the in the series, will, will come, come on top, in my opinion. I'm like, Carolina. I think Carolina will win. <laughs> is that your opinion? Yeah, no, Florida. I got Florida. In, yeah, in six. Uh, Florida in six. Oh, my God. ESP right there. Yeah, well, you know. Florida in six, says Knuckles. I'm going Florida, too. I, I, and more, do I think they can keep it going? Yeah, I want to see them win. I'd love to see them win. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Raw Knuckles Podcast. Please like, follow, and subscribe.